Hey, welcome back to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. We're back after an extended holiday break, uh, and a lot went down while we were gone. This week, we're talking about the demise of Active Rad Shop and the state of skate shops in general. But first, we're going to talk about Zero's full-length video, Damn It All. Premiered on Thrasher with parts dropping each day. Jason, what did you think about that strategy? Yeah, well, I, I think I mentioned this strategy before. It's kind of annoying because it's hard for my old brain to process, but it is what it is. I mean, it's in the content world these days, you know, I kind of don't mind. I can process it, you know. It, you know funny funny enough, like the, probably the second time I ever hung out with Templeton in real life, we went out for uh, breakfast or brunch and with our friend Clem. Shout out Clem from uh, Recordings of Boardings or whatever and Cobble Store. And he was like, uh, just in passing, he was like, oh, yeah, did you see the new Zero video? And I was just straight up like, uh, nah, I'm not really into that genre of skating. You know, I thought it was pretty funny because, like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm, I like what I like, fucking uh, Ledge Tech Euro or USA Ledge Tech. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I always kind of like the Zero editing just because it was so, like, quick, like, boom, boom, boom. Plus, Jamie Thomas always included some, like, really cool, like, classic rock deep cuts, like James Gang and shit. So, yeah, I checked it out. What do y'all think? Well, I am uh, I'm also pretty tepid on that, like, put out a video part, kind of at random, it seemed, with this release, because there was, you know, more than seven parts, and it happened in, like, six or seven days, and they put out, like, the intro as a standalone part, and then there were credits in it, and, like, I know that, like, the delivery of skateboard videos right now is kind of in flux, but I feel like the, like, just kind of putting it out bit by bit like that when it's supposed to be like this complete unit. I think this is like an evolutionary dead end and Thrasher and all these brands need to figure out a different way to do it. That's my two cents on that. Otherwise, like it definitely felt like a zero video in that it had like the editing, maybe not as quick as I expected it to be. It seemed like a little slow. Yeah, there was a bunch of slow-mo like that. uh, That kid Reggie, his part was like almost all slow-mo. And like there's, there's precedent for that, like with your Lindsey Robertsons and whatnot. But I, I guess I, I, I meant like even where it could have been edited quicker, there was like a little bit more air between clips. So it didn't quite have the same feel as some of those other videos. But um, I guess more on the bright side, like, uh, is it the vegan from VB? I like that Chris Weimer dude. He, um, I think out of all the guys in the video, like if I saw him at a at a street spot or at the park, I'd be like, whoa, what's up with this dude? This dude is like on something like he's he's pretty awesome. And I mean, I'm kind of I'm, I'm hitting the bookends of the video. But Gabriel Summers was also like, good God. Um, after Black Hammers. That's indeed. One thing you <laughs> after Black Hammers in 2020. You, you love to see it. <laughs> Temple yeah, I noticed the after Black Hammers too. I was, I was like, oh yeah, forgot about those. What else stood out to you, man? Uh, Chris Weimer, like you said, I'm a big fan of Chris Weimer. I remember seeing him frontside flip an 11 stair handrail in some like local Virginia website edit, and just being like, holy shit, like this okay. dude, this this kid's got it. Like this kid's gonna go somewhere. And then I don't know, it kind of took him a while to go somewhere. You know, I, I kind of expected him to blow up sooner but i'm glad that he's pro now so psyched on chris weimer um that's kind of the main thing that i'm psyched on uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> virginia beach the new uh hotbed virginia beach has always oh, produced more ripping skaters than it really deserves to 
yeah, based on like, like spots and stuff. Yeah, for not even really having any spots to speak of, it's kind of crazy. Like, so yeah, Trevor Colden, wherever he's at in his career, I don't know. And then you got like Pat Burke, and then um Kyle Burrard. Oh, dude, uh, yeah. Then Sergio you go back, Ventura. Like, yeah, if you go back to try the whatever late eighties, early nineties, there's like a whole slew. Yeah, so, like the uh, fuck, I can't remember the crew's name, but they all have like forks burned into their uh, skin. Windsor Woods, maybe? Yeah, right. maybe. All right, this is a good time now that we got forks, now that we're branding each other with forks. So my little brother lived in Virginia Beach, and he, like, so, like, I'm kind of a Westerner, I feel like. Out, out of us three, I know Templeton, you're in Portland, but, like, I'm the other side of the Mississippi, always been, always lived on this yeah, side. Yeah, well, you my, know, the, uh, the the Timberwolves are in the Western Conference, so it kind of kind of makes sense. Kind of, Yeah, bizarrely enough, but, yeah, my allegiances are straight. My little brother lived in VB, Virginia Beach, and he was he always just thought it was super weird. He's like a kid from God, he was born in Phoenix, lived in Minnesota, lived in Denver. He's in Denver now. But uh, my question is, um, he was always weirded out by Virginia Beach and it's just hard to get out of or at least it was hard to get really far west where he was always going. What's that place actually like? Like we've got the skaters kind of as like reference points and we've got fork branding, but like. It seems like a distinct enough place, but I know we've we've touched on it, but I've never heard like a breakdown. Man, I I would always just go down there to party, like either like uh on the boardwalk or like there was some club. Forgot what it was called. It was like some like eighteen to twenty one club that I used to go down to. Yes, I don't Ooh, know. I those are always go down there to party and shit, not really to skate. Was it Crazy Charlie's? There's so many. I I can't think of all. Yeah, of them. it was it was some shit like that. But yeah, yeah I, I, I never went down there to skate. Just like, oh, going down to the beach, whatever, party. If you go yeah, to skate, so, you go to D.C. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I lived in Norfolk, Virginia, which was about 30 minutes from Virginia Beach. And it's kind of like a whole region. So Virginia, like I spent a lot of time in Virginia Beach. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of redneck, but also kind of wealthy um, okay. and then touristy. And then there's like some some nature, but it's like swamps. It's not like ill mountains or waterfalls or something like that. So, so that's it, kind of Virginia Beach in a nutshell. So it's not exactly like a proper city, but it's one of those places that's kind of like many different kind of disparate things in a way. Yeah, it's extremely sprawling. I believe it's the largest city in Virginia uh, by population. But yeah, there's like no high rises. Mm hmm town to speak of the courthouse is like out in the middle of nowhere close to nothing which is where chris weimer frontside flipped that 11 stair handrail the virginia beach courthouse but yeah fun place in the summer you know like when it's bumping and all that stuff but not not a place i'm itching to go back to fair enough back to maybe the zero video <laughs> um i know you got down templeton like tommy sandoval's part yeah interestingly i was looking at the thrasher site uh, kind of in preparation for this episode and i was a little disappointed to see that the whole video wasn't stitched together into a single watchable video is still just parted out never and came noticed, out that way yeah yeah I, I feel like usually it'll be like all right we'll put all the parts out and then like you can go to the zero youtube and watch the whole thing or whatever but that's not really the case but i was looking at each individual part and most of the parts have like 70 to 100,000 views and then Tommy Sandoval's part has 
337,000 views, just like triple everybody else's parts, including Jamie Thomas, including, including the chief Gabriel Summers. What is it about Tommy guns that makes him three times as interesting as anybody else? Is he guy, the, that guy's still jumping down stuff. Eh? He's just going to keep front side flipping. He's going to die trying. So he's going to die, literally die trying. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's, his part ripped. I thought, but, uh, I thought Jamie Tom. I, didn't we catch Hen- Hen- Hensley and Jamie Thomas' part? That was pretty crazy. Yeah. I wonder if they got the original tapes of that H Street footage. Because the, the footage looked crisp. It was deceivingly crisp. Yeah. Like, it looked better than most of the VX footage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, hold up. <laughs> oh, that was some old That was old H Street footage? Well, that makes sense because Hensley looked pretty young, I guess. Right. But it yeah, it wasn't. Mean, uh, it wasn't the Irishman tech to make Hensley look young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huh. No, I don't. I don't think that's in the uh, in the zero video budget. <laughs> Fucking I- Irishman CGI. But uh, yeah, I mean, I saw. In, you know, I saw in some uh, interview one time. Jamie Thomas said Soldier Story was his favorite video, and you can kind of see that in this one. Like, I think he skated to the same song, one of those Op Ivy songs that was in Soldier Story. Pretty much yeah, the whole Op Ivy Story, story, uh, yeah. Plus all that type of um, what we call it, and that dude Kid Reggie's part, the kind of a uh, spaghetti western type music, yeah. kind of like the uh, spaghetti western type music from Chevy's part. So yeah, I mean that that's a pretty tight influence to have. That like Soldier Story is fucking amazing. I do wonder like the the Hensley especially, well Soldier Story more so probably just from like a uh, in the year twenty twenty, like it's kind of obscure for your Thrasher magazine website viewers, but oh, like the Hensley stuff. I, I, I love the, I love the intention, honestly, if yeah, full stop on that. But like, I, I wonder like to what effect does it like, what effect does it have? I don't know. Like, just like a little, a little, uh, nostalgia hit. Yeah. You know, feels good. Yeah. I, I can't say that I was actually skating for any of that. Like it's within my skate lexicon or whatever, because of, Stuff like Dan Wolf's video that also leaned on some of the like life skateboards, H Street stuff. I think he had clips from those videos, like as is inspired by for Eastern Exposure Zero. It just, I don't know. I turned 38 last year, late last year. Like it's even a little outside my wheelhouse. I'm not not trying to be overly skeptical, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I saw Soldier Story until like the uh, the whole like LimeWire downloading like irc era i only mm-hmm. saw hocus pocus because a dude in my like art class gave me a tape with like hocus pocus questionable some trash vision video and some other shit so that's the only way I saw <laughs> hocus pocus with, you know, which was a life changer in and of itself so but yo how about dane berman like coming out of nowhere i mean dane berman's Where's always been gnarly think about that 50 50 he did in philly like oh yeah like he's always been gnarly. I forgot about that. Was that that was like 2013? Was that when that video came out? Is that when you guys had lunch? <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. Brunch. Brunch. Excuse me. I uh, wonder what video that was. Cold War was 2013. That seems right. Was it Cold War? Maybe I. I thought that 5050 was maybe before that. But... Strange World was 2009. I'm looking at skate video site. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously typing in the skate video site search engine window every episode <laughs> i mean either way berman's been doing it for a minute yeah for sure 
Oh yeah, he, man. He what did he do? Like yeah, he did like a uh, did like a Sanchez grind on the side of a building. What exactly is a Sanchez grind? Sanchez. Okay, okay. A Sanchez grind is a either front side one eighty or back side one eighty to switch crooked grind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dane Berman is fucking gnarly, and then he does this gnarly heel, which is gnarly. He did it so big, so far, but just in the wrong spot. Yeah, I didn't want to be a truther, and then you brought it up because there were there were there were frames frames shared on Twitter. <laughs> well, I'm, I might have missed the frames because the frames that I saw, it looked like he made it. it was like he would have made it had he gone to the more dangerous full size curb area. Right. I thought he made it right. I thought he cleared the uh, the edge of the curb. But like, what do you what did he get towed in by? Like, was that like a Toyota Yaris? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it was a uh, wasn't a Camry. It wasn't a Corolla because they just made the Corolla like a little bit sexier. I think it was like a Toyota Yaris or some shit. Well, maybe maybe the lack of a Harley is what made him uh, go for the smaller section. L- yeah, listen, we we talked. Oh wait, he w- went attempted like in a different section that so like. To, like Whoever else did it. So, so there's a, it's a curb, it's a curb gap. But as you go further, I mean, from the point of view where it's always shot, like looking down on it. So you've kind of got like a left to right choice on where you hit the gap. The further to the right, thus the further from the camera you go, like the curb diminishes into asphalt until oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like it's flush with the ground, even though there's like still a curb that's a different color. It looks like. It looks like it's flush. It looks like the hang-up factor was greatly diminished, if not completely taken away. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been out of the skate Twitter because my phone uh, shit the bed. So, like, did someone do, like, a Zapruder film analysis of this trick? Or? Um, I remember seeing a, uh, a side-by-side of, like, Dane Berman and Heath Kirchard on that thing. Just <laughs> showing the different landing places. I did see that one, yeah. And we'll link, I'll track that down and link to it in the show notes so you can check it out, Jason. <clears throat> All right, thanks, bro. Anything anything for you, Jason. Anything for the pod. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like Dane Berman would have made it in the the normal section, but just for some reason decided to skate this other section, thus kind of shining a light on the wrong thing. You know, nobody would have batted an eye had he not healed in the same place that everybody else does. But maybe he's just courting controversy for uh, for clicks. I respect it. That's insane. Even if you get towed in, I mean, we've talked about getting towed in and bungee cord and shit on here before, so that is what it is. But it's pretty much the only way you can skate that spot. I think. I would think, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I have no problem with the gnarly heel. He fully made it. Like props. That's fucking gnarly. It's just kind of like unfortunate that his choice of where to do the gnarly heel flip has like put a cloud over it i mean i will do devil's advocate with like an honest example like i'm terrible at just riding up the same way at something i'm skating even if it's like the 50th try just in terms of like the same speed or like the same angle or whatever so there there is that randomness granted i'm not a pro skater (laughs) but there's there's my benefit of the doubt yeah and i was i was wondering if the bank changes depending on where you hit it and maybe the bank is more friendly for a nollie heel in that area as opposed to the area that most people skate that's like a better better argument than it's more plausible than what i what i brought up i would say 
What about his first song? Like the song Straight Edge? Like there's no winning with that song. Like if you are a straight edge, it's corny because you're like, oh, I'm straight edge and I'm skating to the song straight edge. And if you're not, it's stupid because you're not straight edge. Like, yeah, it's a red herring. Yeah, it's right. Yeah. I kind of think Jamie Thomas, like, just like, uh, pulled, like, randomly picked something from the minor threat seat. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty weird, too. <laughs> I, I feel like the way to play it would be to play up to debauchery. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're going to yes. use it, just like pounding beers, doing drugs. Like, yeah, that would have fucking... been pretty, uh, kind of disruptive. Also, yo, <laughs> shout out Dane Berman, skate Twitter adjacent. He's a skater that uses Twitter, but doesn't really fuck with skate Twitter. So he's skate Twitter adjacent. Shout out that guy. Yeah. Shout out Berman. We're trying to get, we're trying to get, we're trying to get Nakel Smith to fuck with skate Twitter, but he's not really fucking, he's heavy on Twitter, but he's not really fucking with skate Twitter. But shout out that guy too. Every retweet I see of him, because I'm not following him at the moment, it's like some sort of subtweet about something. I kind of I respect that game. Yeah. Constantly talking shit. Might be the most entertaining pro on Twitter right now. I mean, he's like... There's probably well, there's like four, but yeah. Well, Pop-Tart Pete, Nakel. Ryan Lay. Yeah. And Dane Berman. Yeah, that's, there we that's go. the squad, dude. That's, oh, wait. Mikey Taylor. The, Mikey Taylor, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> that, that this almost needs to be its own topic. Those for are some, a, for those are some heavy hitters. That's the pro skater Twitter squad. Yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about pro skater Twitter and pro skater LinkedIn, which is also <laughs> oh, a pretty fun deep dive. I, I since I don't have a job right now, I've had to look at LinkedIn like far more than anybody ever should. But I am reminded, me and Shane O'Neill, LinkedIn. We are LinkedIn. Sick. Damn, I... <laughs> your first degree connected. Did he, did, did he give you an endorsement? Like, hey, Mike's good at uh, copywriting. Uh, you know, if anything, he should give me props for email interviewing based on like some <laughs> 2008 thing we did. But uh... <laughs> you should throw him an endorsement. Dang, switch flipping the same gap Dane Berman did the Nolly Hill flip over endorsement. <laughs> Dude, there you go. That switch flip was bonkers. It resurfaced the other day and. Yes, Dude rips. Very Do we have anything to say about VX1000s and their use in the video we were discussing? I think you kind of touched on it, Templeton. Yeah, Just, I mean, uh, for me, I think the VX is dead. And I was talking to a friend about, like, you know, some people know how to make a VX1000 look good on the internet. Jamie Thomas has been making skate videos of the VX1000 since before most people were skating. And his shit looks like garbage on, on YouTube. Like... Give it a rest, guys. Thrasher player, even in yeah. the Thrasher player, which should be better than YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As long as uh, like Gustav Tonneson is using the VX, like I, th- I think it has a place, and like I think the the Hellas video was all VX as well. Well, and I think that kind of just like highlights the issue because I think it just thinking of Tonneson's part in that Adidas video, like it looked passable. Like the aspect ratio changed, and he went from all that high def to the vx but it wasn't like god what am i watching yeah, yeah i mean it, it was handled well you know props to uh chris mulhern for handling that well hit up mulhern and get the settings <laughs> i'm surprised that's not a standard thing now like here's how to make a vx look good on the internet but yeah i mean there's a bunch of dudes out there who were filming with like hd and shit with a fish eye that make it look cool like uh i was just getting ready for this episode i was watching like the new bronze video and yep. you know, that dude film shit that looks cool with a fish eye that looks good on the internet. So, you know, also like Bill, like Strobeck makes shit look cool 
in HD on it. Yeah, we're at least like six or seven years past like not knowing how to deal with aspect ratios and yeah, you know, yeah. all that technical stuff. Like it's all been solved. Escape perception type shit. Is that, <laughs> is that web? Is that uh, message board even still around? I feel like it resurfaced recently. I'm not sure the current state of skate perception, but uh, yeah, Jamie could could do with setting up an account and getting those settings right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> while Zoomies is celebrating its 100K in the mountains, we learned that Active Ride Shop was shutting its doors in Southern California uh, and putting its assets up for auction. The company had changed hands several times, uh, and it's finally thrown in the towel. It's always been tough for shops, and with the internet, it seems like it's only getting tougher. Uh, how'd this news hit you, Mike? Well, I'm just now looking at, uh, not just now, but literally just now, I'm looking at that Los Angeles Times uh, article about Active Ride Shop closing its doors. It's dated January 15. Looks like they're going to sell, the holding company is going to sell all of uh, Active's IP come Tuesday, January 22. I guess I'm not like super surprised this is happening since it was like a, you know, held by a third third party, changed hands over the years. It was some, you know, random holding company that had it. I suppose when those margins aren't up to snuff, like it's easy to cut that shit off. Um, I think if anything, it's a reminder that like skate shops aren't at least nowadays or maybe it's always been that way. Like, they're not going to make you rich, probably. And it is, like, as cliche as it is, you know, it's an actual labor of love. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked at two shops here in the Twin Cities. <laughs> I've seen just how much, like, hustling it takes from an ownership point of view. I, I, I would never go out on my own and do something. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work, a lot of thankless work. But, like, the best shops are huge assets for skateboarding, so... There's that completely other side of things. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I usually try and like go at my shop like every month and buy like a, you know, even if it's like a t-shirt or like a beanie or something, because like they make more money with like the uh, the shop branded gear and shit as opposed to hard goods. So yeah, definitely try and fuck with the shop at least once once a month over here. Damn, you're a, you're a good citizen. I'm I'm like real bad about that. I just kind of go to the shop when I need something. And I haven't even been, uh, haven't always even been good about that. What's the, uh, skateboard mag? I basically just kind of got all my shit for free. <laughs> what's, what's this shop in Portland? Not fucking tactics, right? There's gotta be another one. We have a tactics, um, Cal's pharmacy. pharmacy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, that's the one with like the FA account, but I usually support Commonwealth cause they have a little skate park and I used to skate the park pretty regularly. So I would throw those guys my business usually. Was that uh was that Silas Baxter Neal shit? Like the No. Oh no, someone right, never mind. Yeah, Silas's park was just like fully like he and his friends and that shut down kinda recently. Yeah, indoor parks not really big uh money makers either. Yeah, I mean probably even worse Damn. than a skate shop. Again, incredible hustle needed to make it work. Yeah. The only ones around here where we have brutal winters and you can have like, you know, baked in business five months out of the year, like you really gotta you really gotta make it work. What's your what's your shop, Jason? What's your shop called? Venue. Venue skateboard. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, those yeah, guys Rick are always Virginia. doing doing a lot for the scene. How yeah. long have they been around? Well, uh they used to when they started they were called the backdoor 
That was in like 1995-ish, I think, four or five. Then they were called Dominion for a while. Then I think there was some shit with like, because like the power, like the electric company here in Virginia is called Dominion as well. So I don't know. Hmm. Might have been some shit with that. I don't know. Then they changed the venue. So like they've been around for like 25 years, bro. That's rad. Same ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's literally like a mom and pop operation. Like literally. Yeah. I yeah, believe I think- Dominion is called Dominion because Virginia is referred to as the old Dominion. Yeah. yeah. So not necessarily Dominion Power. Oh, yeah. Power yeah. gets their name from the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty common. But they, yeah, they changed up the venue a little while ago. They're still still fucking doing it. I wonder if that kind of breathes new life into a shop, the name change. Yeah, a little bit. Just like re- It's just like a rebrand and shit, you know? Yeah. Kind of forces you to do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like you gotta you gotta put out new teas. You gotta get the word out. It, yeah, I could see how that could breathe new life into things. Um, on that note, I know Templeton, you'd written it down. Like, quote: "What about shops that don't do shit for the local scene?" Um, I'll build off that and just say, like, I think there is like kind of a responsibility as far as like a shop to do something. And I think it's good, obviously good business, like building off what I was talking about prior, but like, yeah. Tell me more about why you put that down there. I mean, here in Portland, there's like a handful of skate shops and, you know, they, they like support, have like a team or whatever. And like some of them will put on events, but like some of them don't. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, do they deserve like, I'm certainly going to go to the the shop that's doing things over the shop that's not. Um, and I don't I don't feel like those shops have a right to kind of like guilt trip me into like supporting my local. Um, and I feel like there's there's places where the shop isn't isn't pulling their weight enough to like guilt trip you or to like make me feel bad about getting my my board somewhere else that's cheaper because it is a business, you know, like it's not like a nonprofit. So like if you can't compete in the marketplace, then that's kind of like you're bad. Maybe I'll get some heat for that, but <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think that shops should be looked at as a charity. Yeah, I don't think any any one place just because. I mean, obviously, it's work to have the doors open, have it stocked, have the lights on. But like, and I'm not sure how this applies to other business necessarily. But it's not like somehow that's not exactly enough all the time. At least in skateboarding. Yeah? Yeah, totally. And I, I got to imagine it's like that for other retailers. You know, if you're a shoe shop or something, you know, I can buy my Air Maxes online for cheaper. So why would I go to the shop? You got to give me a reason that the shop is better than my online experience. I guess you got to compete on something other than price because the Internet's always going to have a better price. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like for me, like the shop experience is worth the extra like way worth extra like five dollars or ten dollars for a board first of all like i go through a board like every six months so like i don't care i'm almost at like the like andrew reynolds stage where i set up a new board every time i go skating (laughs) shit but uh yeah i mean the going to the shop experience is dope it's like the boards on the wall like that that's like uh like a whole like nostalgia trip in and of itself you get to like you know stand on the boards blah 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 it's like cut the grip tape set up your board there like venue has a cool like bearing press, which is amazing. It saves like so <laughs> much. Uh, yeah, shop. Yeah, Mike used to work at shopping. Yeah, bearing press is critical. Otherwise, I'd have to like do that thing where you like stand on your truck with the wheel. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh. 
Is there a good tool for pulling bearings? Because I feel like that's the, the hardest. Oh, yeah, part. like what do they have? They have this like uh, I forget what it's called, like a awl or something. A W L. It's like a little. It's kind of like a screwdriver, but it has like a wooden ball at the end, and you just you kind of wiggle it out. But yeah, that's always a bitch. Good. But, Tell you what, a nice Phillips head, long. Like give yourself like nine inches of screwdriver, like a one for getting into narrow places. Pop your bearings out with that in your shoe. Yeah, you definitely need all the all the leverage you can get popping the bearings up. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the skate shop experience for me is dope. Like it's always been like, you know what I mean? You can set your board there, like talk shit or whatever, people come in, blah blah blah. It's a whole uh, it's a whole vibe, you know? Even with buying shoes or whatever, it's worth it, you know. Yeah. A, so like whatever the fuck the sneakers app or whatever right well i i wonder if uh active was providing that uh going that extra mile i know that they were putting on events and stuff like that for a long time like in the early 2000s they had the bling like fest and signings and all that shit lots of stuff in 411 it seemed like yeah yeah they were supporting a team so it's kind of like they they were doing doing what they were supposed to that was when Activerica was uh, oh, on yeah. board. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Where is she now? Stance Erica? Some I think sh- she I left Stance and is doing something else. Yeah. Shout out. She'll always FKA be Activerica, Activerica to us. Yeah, man. So, yeah, seriously. Maybe she should buy the uh, <laughs> <Damn>. auction. <laughs> She's or already got the like a Jurdic situation where, where the current owners <laughs> will just relinquish the rights to active erica since she's kind of is she is 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 her like is that identity part of the intellectual property like is that the whole package and i wonder (laughs) i i doubt it (laughs) i might go there and do like a uncut gems like uh like drive the price up type of if you haven't seen that movie it wouldn't make sense but i gotta see that movie yet oh you're you're blowing it bro i need to see it it's got kevin garnett in it uh yeah i am blowing it yeah i haven't seen it either templeton what's your active event story Quite some time ago, I lived with Steve Barra when I was uh, helping Wait, to film for that's uh, like the most casual. <laughs> yeah, I was filming okay, for. Wait, all right, hold uh, up. Yeah, no, no. Wait, no. <laughs> okay, Steve Barra, roommates Eric Costin, Templeton Elliott. I I wouldn't really say I was a roommate. I was like a filmer oh. who was living in, in... Like servants' quarters. <laughs> Serv- I I had a nice room. Okay. Uh, it was Steve Barrett and Juliet Lewis's house in Burbank. Wait, you uh, lived with Juliet Lewis? I did for a, a, <laughs> like six months or something. We might have to do a deep dive on this uh, this era alone. I know all these all these like other topics for future podcasts. Yeah, let me let me make a note here. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I was looking. Living... Tap the jewel to make it sound like you're writing on your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead all good anyway uh my only experience with active is with steve barra uh, i was living with him and he had to go to a signing so i rolled with him and you know walked around the shop for a little bit and then uh cruised over to a used bookstore in the same shopping center and i bought down and out in paris and london so that that's kind of like my what i think of when i think of active think of uh george orwell <laughs> nice Man, they had a team for a minute. I think it was like Guy. Guy was on the team or something. Yeah, I feel like, like Costin might have been on the team. Yeah, like JP Jadid. JP Jadid, yeah. I think that they I probably eat. had a, they probably had a store out there by uh, by Chafee. I'm Rancho sure. Cucamonga. I know they they were based in Rancho Cucamonga. Is that a real place? Say, 
Yeah. Okay. I remember somebody was from Rancho Cucamonga, or they were sponsored by a shop called Blast in Rancho Cucamonga <laughs> in the first 411 I ever had. <laughs> so I was always like, what the fuck? Is that a real place? God bless the 411. Yeah. We need to do more of those 411 style, like, tell us about yourself videos for people. Like, say some words and then show the skating. Oh, yeah, those were classic. It was like, it's like yeah, like skating, playing Sega Genesis, hanging out with my girlfriend. <laughs> That's about it. Exactly. Or you could get creative like Nanda Zip. And, uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, people try to be creative. They like, uh, were like, who did that? Jerry Shu did some like creative type for him. Wheels of Fortune or whatever. On, on like the Wheels of Fortune voiceover tip, I think Bob Puglio has one of the better ones. Where he tried to do it straight, like, "Hey, <laughs> my name's Bob. You know, I'm from New Jersey. I like skating with my friends." And he's all like, "Ah, fuck it, man. And you're out <laughs> in the streets and you're picking up garbage." He like he goes super intense. Like it's it's um it's actually like probably one of the more honest ones aside from Nanda Zip. But uh, yeah, those were really good, very good. Yeah, let's bring them back. We should each film one. <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds down. of footage and a voiceover. I can get 30 seconds of footage and do a stupid voiceover. We've got a lot of voiceover practice as of late. We do. We've got the equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can make it happen. Actually, it should be someone pointing a Hi8 camera at us. And what's nice is that that footage will look better on YouTube than a VX1000. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. We're just going to have to try and track down a high 8 camera now. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think we've covered active, even though we didn't really talk about it that much. Uh, I mean, it's a it was omnipresent in a lot of that 411 stuff of it, like the later vintage 411. Like everybody rode for active if they were from like that certain sector of SoCal, right? Yeah, they had SoCal pretty locked down, I think. I mean, the last the last time I was in California about a decade ago, I remember driving by one of those shops, and I mean, it was it looked like it was seventy five hundred square feet and just stocked out. Granted, yeah, that was just like right around the time that the recession was going to kick everybody's ass. But you know, big shops. Yeah, I mean, I I think another factor would be the whole like uh, vintage like thrift trend or whatever. Like everyone wants they look like. You know, like, their shit is, like, old or whatever. You know, no one's trying to buy, like, you know, brand new, like, off-the-rack fucking skate clothes or whatever, if that even exists anymore. Right, and they had a pretty big, uh, like, active branded soft goods business. Yeah. Active jeans and socks and shit. And, like, yeah, and, like, 10 years ago or whatever, in, like, 2006, that was where the money was, all the soft goods. When that money dries up, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Pretty tough, man. I can interject, like having talked to shops around here 2019 was like a gangbusters year for hard goods you know just skateboards trucks wheels etc but none of those you know famously none of those things actually have margins for shops so like people are skateboarding or at least buying skateboards but you know it, it probably doesn't necessarily have the have the impact on the health of a skate shop as all the other stuff the shoes mostly shoes hard or soft goods hoodies etc so whatever that point of data is worth yeah we'll, we'll put it on the pile with all the other data <laughs> well i think uh i think we've covered active so that brings us to the end of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on 
Jason, what are you stoked on this week? All right. Uh, this week, stoked on, you know, like I mentioned before, the new bronze video is pretty dope. Like, bronze, th- as I was, you know, doing all the end of decade content stuff, you know, I was look, look back through the whole uh, catalog, the whole Canon and bronze videos. And I, th- I think moving forward, those videos are going to be the ones I'll come back to the most. Like, It's Time, Caviar, Solo Jazz. Like, I think that those videos are going to, you know, stand the test of time. So yeah, pretty psyched on new bronze video. Also, as always, stoked on Venture Trucks, especially stoked on the Venture X Hotel de Ville pack. Mm. The French-only collab with the uh, Hotel de Ville trucks and the t-shirt. But I'm working on it. I have a, uh, I'm making, I'm reaching out, putting some feelers out. Uh, kind of have like a, you know, person out there like a, maybe, you could say like a French connection, if you will. <laughs> So I'm efforting, trying to get my hands on the Hotel de Ville trucks and uh, that kind of shit. Also psyched on the movie Uncut Gems, saw it during our uh, hiatus. Even though it got snubbed by the Oscars, it, it was pretty sick. And I only go I only go to the theaters to see movies like once every three years. It was pretty sick, pretty psyched on that. Tall claim. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? <laughs> uh, I'll, do, I'll do a small stoked on and then a bigger stoked on. Small stoked on, speaking of Nandazip, Nandazip, um... Yeah, while I was driving home from the grocery store today, I realized that whenever, actually, it's not whenever, it's in a single Transworld video, I think. Nanda Zip is riding up for a frontside air with a grab at Burnside or somewhere, and he just has his hand open like he's going to grab a bag of chips or like he's going to hold the gun like Keenan did in the uh, Brothers from Different Mothers skit in uh, Mouse. Where he's holding it like a sandwich. So when Nanda Zip rides up for a frontside grab, his hand is like telegraphing the shit out of what he's about to do. That came into a tweet. That's why we were singing Nanda Zip's Wheels of Fortune song. Apologies to all the people who had to just sit through that and have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> what I'm actually stoked on, the big one, um, I read a story from The Economist about the star Betelgeist. I think that's how you say it. I think it's also the inspiration for Beetlejuice. But Betelgeist, um, it's a star in the constellation Orion, which is visible in the northern hemisphere during the winter months. So if you look up and you know where Orion is, you're looking at one of those stars. I don't know exactly which one is. It's a red giant. Yeah, I was going to say, is it like in his belt or in his uh, bow or whatever? His hunter's bow. I wish I knew. And oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just Google it or whatever. It's cool. The we'll link to some shit in the say. show notes. <laughs> but um, so basically, it's been fluctuating in brightness as of late, and the story I read says that astronomers think that like the changes in its brightness mean that it could implode and become a supernova like any day now, and that's like a highly hedged point because any day now in astronomical terms is like plus or minus 200,000 years either way yeah I, but, um, I, I was gonna say even if we saw it supernova now wouldn't it have happened like a hundred thousand years ago or whatever um because it was 600,000 years ago because it's, it's yeah uh, yeah okay yeah yeah they say it's 600,000 light years away so like it could have already happened and we don't know it yet the reason I was stoked on this was just the possibility that, like, if this supernova were to actually happen, per the article, it would basically be this, like, bright shining light in the sky, as bright as a full moon, but fully visible during the day, just like this constant thing in the sky. 
and um, sick. It would be wholly really cool, you know. So I'm stoked on that possibility. If Betelgeist blows up, uh, and you're like, oh shit, that's Betelgeist. It blew up. Just be glad you listen to the Mostly Skateboarding podcast. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Well, now I'm stoked on the possibility of uh, Betelgeist <laughs> blowing up and creating some cool shit in the in the sky. Uh, but before that, I was stoked on the return to normalcy after the holidays, and also the return of the Bunt skateboarding. Hey, dude, shout podcast. out those guys. Uh, shout out those guys. If you're not listening to the Bunt and you're listening to mostly skateboarding, you're kind of blowing it. Um, <laughs> it's really good. It's an interview show. I feel like their uh, style is kind of an acquired taste, but it's worth um, acquiring that taste. Who's who's on the new one? That Oscar Candon guy. Yeah, the first one was Oscar Candon and um, shit, the other guy who wore the like Oscar the Grouch shirt. Oh yeah, uh, Nyberg, that kid, Albie, yeah, Albert Nyberg. Uh, and then they just had an episode with Pat Burke. And then I think Kevin Spanky Long is uh, the episode that just came out. So check out the bunt if you're not already. But I got to I got to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to that podcast. Uh, but until then, you can follow us online. Man, I'm rusty. Well, I noticed we don't have we don't have it written down. So yeah, um, that's it for this week's show. Yeah, that's it for this week's show. You can keep up with us online. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? Uh, both on Twitter and Instagram at M Munzenrider. Where are you at, Jason? On the gram at Frozen and Carbonite. On the Twitter at Carbonite1994. And writing stuff for Coruscant.com. Got an interview coming out probably next week. Not going to say who. You're just going to have to Ooh. view the website on the World Wide Web. Very exciting. Maybe we'll talk about it on next week's show. Hell yeah. Synergy. <laughs> yes. Brand Synergies. Synergy. Where are you on the internet, Templeton? You can always find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Um, see you guys next week. See ya.